0: I want to
1: grow up, cause maybe if I did Why so serious? All the toys, all the time I am the it's
0: game, it's still getting trying to play, good. You know the rules, this isn't a toy But we bought it at the toy store
1: We did, but the way I'm using it makes it an adult thing
0: Are you ready to play the game? Yeah! Well, welcome to the Toy Department with Matt Kolsky and Derek
1: Madden.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is Friday. It is tour department time. I'm Derek Madden. He's Matt Kolsky. I'm just weirded out cuz we're in like our normal places for once. Again. Is well, right you in your normal place. But-
1: I'm in the place I'm in the physical space that I am usually in
0: closing up. Let's go. <laughs> no, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> when we record these podcasts, but I am surrounded by boxes. Um, my desk is cleared off. I'm using a different computer than I usually use. And, um, yeah, my, my life is in boxes in front of my eyes.
0: um, That's got to be a weird feeling, right?
1: Very weird feeling, and, uh, you know, I can't stop looking at it and thinking, my God, how can this all fit in a truck? But fingers crossed.
0: Are you a bit of a hoarder like me? Do you not like to throw stuff out?
1: A little bit. I'm decent at, like, getting rid of most stuff, but, like, I do have this penchant for imaginary keepsakes. Which I—they're not imaginary in the traditional sense. Um, they're real, and they take up space. But the idea that I will do anything with them is to this point imaginary. But I have boxes that say like scrapbook stuff, right? And I've never—I've never made a scrapbook in my life. Um, but they're like you know a handful of things from the many eras of my life that at this point have filled at least two large boxes.
0: I'm just like terrified of like, what if I'm gonna need this later?
1: Most and of it's I not that for me like out. here's an example of something that I've had for now about twenty three years um I was a uh, an editor on the newspaper in college, and when I left I guess it must have been before I left because i took I took this full size Print up that's like the thing you submit to the printer um, of an issue I was particularly proud of, uh, of just like the cover. And it's, you know, the size of a full size newspaper, except it's rigid. You can't fold it. (laughs) And uh, I have carried it with me for like 20 something years and never done anything with it but move it from place to place. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's it, all that's all you will do right? r- pro- I probably in my head it's like i might want to look back at this or someone might want to see what i did in my life at some point but like that's probably not true who has time for that so right. yeah um but at the same time like the other option is go through those boxes again and like pare them down even more and that feels even more daunting than just carrying them to my next house
0: yeah. See, the inherent problem with what if I need this later is then you have to keep track of it until that day comes that you do need it.
1: Right. And odds are you're going to not be able to find it, buy the thing again, and then find it a week later. So. Yeah.
0: Or like someone uh, recently asked me for uh, an interview I did with Green Day around uh, the, uh, the time American mm-hmm. Idiot came out.
1: Oh, man. Just
0: 20 years ago um
1: and you're like I, oh that's probably awesome i i definitely have it somewhere i definitely saved that interview yeah <laughs> you know
0: I, I definitely put it on a cd but like oh man lord knows, not be right like you're already with me on on what happens to cds uh, 100 over time so now that i actually need to produce it i have no idea that i'm going to be able to there is a there is still a box with some cds that i'm hoping that it is lingering
1: in these are these are definitely the problems of aging um the other problems of aging involve something else i'm experiencing right now which in the middle of packing everything up and we leave in a truck in three days i have utterly thrown my back out so i am podcasting in pain today um and another fun experience here has been finding things in closets and and storage where it's like Oh, I remember. Someone gave us this for the kids like six months before they were ready for it. We put it in storage, and now they're, they've outgrown it. Yeah. <laughs> so we never Whoops. used the <laughs> hand-me-down. Thank you for the hand-me-down that we stored away until the point when it was no longer useful.
0: Do you feel older when your back goes out because you did something or when your back goes out because
1: you did nothing? It's a great question. Um, my sweet spot for uh, self-flagellation in the uh, metaphorical sense is when my back goes out when I did something, but not the sort of thing that would ordinarily take your back up for like for days. <laughs> yeah. So what I did was yesterday morning, as as we are beautying up our house for sale, I trimmed one of the rose bushes in front of the house and that involved leaning over for maybe 40 minutes uh and i've been unable to lift anything since then yeah that's tough really tough tough. so like my wife is like carrying things to put down in front of me so that i can tape them and and wrap them um it's a sad state of affairs yeah
0: yep uh all right well uh this podcast uh, an equally sad state of affairs likely um we don't, we don't have any of our anchors. You know, there's no Top Chef. There's no challenge I know. going on
1: right now. Yeah. I, I
0: don't even know where to begin. Do you have a, a, a thing that you'd like to talk about
1: first? I want to begin with The Idol, because not only did I just get around to watching Episode 2 last night, which might give you an idea of how I feel about it, um, but also I saw the news today that it is not getting a second season.
0: Oh, I have not seen that news.
1: Um, let me pull up the news story. Oh, wait. So maybe that was just a rumor. Um, apparently, HBO says, quote, it is being misreported that a decision on a second season of The Idol has been determined. So I guess it's still undetermined, but... Um,
0: that sounds like it's not getting a second season.
1: <laughs> it doesn't sound good. That's not a denial. Yeah. Um, but uh, a source told Page Six, it was, quote, never meant to be a long-running show. It was always a limited series. And then... Um, the weekend said something like, I don't care. <laughs> uh, he also said at cans that the goal was stirring the pot and creating quote, something special, something fun to make people laugh, piss some people off. Um, wait, this, the goal of the goal of this was to make something fun. That's what he said. And <laughs> I gotta say, like, <laughs> why is it so brooding them? this his general attitude what what has what the show has been through two episodes um and just to clarify i i don't actually really care um if it gets another season cuz two episodes is where i'm going to stop um this is not only a show that so far like despite the best efforts of Lily Rose Depp, seems just to be pretty bad. Just a pretty bad show. And actually, a few of the... Like, Hank Azaria is doing some heavy lifting. I just love... uh, What's her name? Jane... Jane Adams. Oh, my God. And this is a delight. She is really chewing the scenery here, and I love it. Um, Also, Divine Joy Randolph. Uh, A lot of people, enjoyable performances for a show that is utterly unenjoyable. One of the... Performances that's not enjoyable on any level is that of Abel Tesfaye, a.k.a. The Weeknd. And the fact that he had an opportunity to create something and that he created this and then found Sam Levinson to make it all Sam Levinson-y, which it definitely is, um, it really just makes me think he's a creep. Like, yeah, well, it does not... It. I'm not entertained. I'm not interested. They... As I kind of suspected after episode one, in episode two, they basically jumped through and past the stuff that could have been interesting here and just are making it about like a weird sexual dominant, uh, clearly like uh, bad, (laughs) heading bad places uh, relationship. And I'm not interested at all. And like, I think this show, ironically, the guy who created it and stars in it, like if they took that character out entirely and just made it a show exploring the life of this pop star who has some troubles, I might be interested. But he is such a turnoff in this performance, and honestly, it does feel like they are doing quote provocative stuff just for the sake of pissing people off and not to actually say or really provoke anything meaningful.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I, ordinarily, I, I try to, when we're going to talk about shows, um, I try to stay out of the discourse at least until we've given some takes and, and granted, I, we did give a take last week somewhat of the show. Um, but I, I did wait in a little bit, and, and one of the things that I've, I've learned, right, was that they, they had shot this already, uh, or most of it already, with uh, The weekend in a, uh, a much more secondary role, and that he basically complained. <laughs> uh, per the Wikipedia page, anyway, they say that he complained that the show was leaning too much into a female perspective. Uh, And then they basically made his part much bigger. Yeah, and so I
1: really like just think he's a creep.
0: It's funny, like yeah, he's a creep, but he's also like he just doesn't he doesn't have the acting chops, and most importantly, the screen presence. So to buy this guy as this sort of mysterious, um, tempting, irresistible cult figure is um it's just a massive stretch right yes (laughs) it's like wrecking it's like wrecking half the show to the point where you're kind of like let's go back to the jocelyn struggling with the industry part of this again exactly yeah you know what i mean it's like the, the part that's supposed to be like they're setting it up as like her release is just like it's torturous and uh it just doesn't it doesn't work, and the quality of the acting in the rest of the show, uh, is of such a high, is just a, a much higher level. So I'd yep. rather spend time over there. You know, what and I mean? it
1: stands out, like yeah. the scenes with Abel are bad, <laughs> and the ones without him are much better, and and like even the. In, this could have been a whole episode of the music video shoot exploring the ways in which young female pop stars are pushed and sexualized and asked to do things they're not comfortable with and all of that. And like her wanting some sure, creative right. control and basically being told, shut up and do the thing we're telling you to do. Like there is something interesting there, but it's like less than half of this show. And the other part is insufferable. Yeah.
0: I would help a little bit too if like. I mean the lyrics on the on the Jocelyn single are so like they're it's they're pretty over the top in like the we're exploiting you
1: basically it's like
0: this is what the song should be
1: called you know Well that's I mean? the thing like it it, it it and that's that was kind of a tip off in the first episode to me that like yes, there is some interesting stuff to explore here, but the show's not interested in it because they didn't take enough care with what could have been interesting because apparently The weekend is so focused on, like, being a weird rapey cult leader. So...
0: <laughs>
1: and and the other thing is, like, I kind of imagined that the reason The weekend wrote this was, like, because he had industry experience and wanted to, like say something about people that exist in the music industry but i don't believe that this guy really exists
0: uh, yeah it's like i think when you're the weekend you can go to somebody's house and be like oh you like prince i like prince we should have sex and that works because you're the weekend you know what i mean but right. if you're playing
1: <laughs> it's just a character just some creepy dude <laughs> that she met like, at a, a club crap. <laughs> like I oh, guess please tie me up and choke me <laughs> right like if this was really how she was and I get like they're saying her mother died and maybe she, this is her acting out in response but like if she was living like this she'd be dead Yeah, like you can't be a global superstar just picking random creeps up at the club and bringing them and their friends into your house to have like edgy you know SM sex. It's sex it, it doesn't
0: I did yeah. catch the uh, the little five minute uh, you know making of thing on this on uh-huh. the second one, um, and it, it's it is one of those things where it's like the, it seems like the support like, like the actors have have a better handle on their characters and their emotions than what's supposed to be happening than you see on the film. Uh, you know what I mean?
1: Right. Yeah. It's
0: yeah. It's just it's just not it's not coming together, man. Yeah. I, it's I, just I, not good. It's just pure, like the full stop. Not good. Uh, I don't know how these guys looked at this thing, and I think that they really thought that people would be upset because, uh, you know, I don't know, because they they cut up her thighs or or you know, right?
1: Uh oh, she's she, got a blindfold on. It's getting really kinky. Body, and we show some, and they show
0: some boobs or something, and somebody right. watches. Like, I am not um, that. I'm not shocked or provoked no. or no, like. I'm not. You're not showing me anything that is not was not clearly cribbed from from watching porn. You know, what right? I mean? Right. It's it's just mediocre porn. Yeah. That's what this is. That is not why I'm upset. I'm upset because this this is you're wasting my time. That's why. That's if there's any anger, that's what it is. Amen. Yeah. Okay. That's a bummer. That's a bummer because I do, you know, like you said, we. I think we're higher on Sam Levinson's work in general than most, and this is just a
1: a, a misfire, as far as I can tell.
0: Yeah. Are you Are you officially out? I may, I mean, I'm wait. out.
1: I'm out. I'm out. There's too much good stuff, frankly, to keep bothering with this. <laughs> Um all right fair. Uh, <laughs> like I I want to watch the rest of 100 Foot Wave instead of this. I want to watch the new season of Love Island instead of this. Like I just I'm I uh, don't have time in my yeah. life for a bad show where the weekend has like creepy S&M sex. I'm not interested.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Um do you want to watch Somewhere Boy instead of this?
1: <laughs> boy, I Yes. Um, I don't know, <laughs> and I'm not in love with Somewhere Boy, but I will say it is something I've never really seen, um, and it is telling its story in a unique and original way that keeps me interested because this show sort of starts you off with as little context as you could imagine, right? Like, it's not a mystery show per se, but there's a bit of a mystery from the very beginning when when you see this kid who clearly is not okay, right? Like something is wrong with this kid, whether it's his upbringing or just, you know, he's disabled in some way or, but you really don't know. You see a couple scenes of him, obviously, you know, uh, slight spoiler, his dad kills himself, which is incredibly upsetting. But even in that context, he's like, he's off. And only as you watch, more episodes do you start to understand how we got there and I find that storytelling device pretty uh, pretty effective mm.
0: I felt it was like a little heavy handed if that makes sense
1: it's very slow like, and it's very
0: intense like there's a story here and it's not quite that complex you're just making it more complex by keeping bits of information from me
1: you know what I mean yeah well th- yeah <laughs> That is the cynical and annoyed way of describing what I was just trying to (laughs) describe.
0: Yes. (laughs) Um, You know, so I don't know the experience of this kid and, uh, you know, watching him in this home, uh, you know, with, uh, uh, I mean, I guess an older brother is how you'd put that, you know, an older stepbrother, essentially a foster brother. Um, who's got his own issues and trying to figure stuff out. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like that, I don't know. I, I was not, I, I'm not stoked to spend more time in this world. Um, And like the suspense of what exactly happened, Um, you
1: know. does Not enough.
0: Yeah, it's not, it's not, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm feeling that pull.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm 50-50, but, but I guess... You know, again, what I was saying in a nicer way is like, I think the fact that they're keeping bits and pieces at least makes me more interested than I would be if they were just telling it in a more straightforward way.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, look, it's not all that different from the crowded uh, crowded room, right? In the way that the crowded room is like kind of
1: yeah, piecing it together, it together for you,
0: you out details, you know, uh, and and jumping timeline a little bit to sort of keep stuff from you and mm-hmm. your. Kind of getting in it as a sort of being revealed to uh, the Amanda Seyfried character, but uh, it, to me that's a much more compelling story as it's put together. You know, and and, and I don't know, like this
1: the stakes feel a little bit higher. Right. Um, well, and there's certainly like a more compelling
0: in the people involved. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and there's definitely like a more compelling central mystery, right? Which is like a lot more happened. <laughs> Around whatever whatever went down in the crowded room, there's like some question of who killed who, and some you know whose mental health is fragile and whose isn't, and where did these people come from, and blah blah blah. Whereas in um, in uh, somewhere boy, it's basically just like well, his dad went through some stuff and then really messed his son up. And then we're getting little details about how and why. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so, yeah, I would agree. And and I don't know if this is us kind of being star fuckers just because we recognize and enjoy uh, Tom Holland and um, Amanda Seyfried. And I actually... the His, like, sort of girlfriend who lives in the boarding house with him is... Uh, someone I recognize as well, although I don't know her name offhand. Uh, her name uh,
0: is Sasha Lane.
1: Yes, Sasha Lane. I'm not sure what I recognize her from, but I definitely do recognize her. Oh, she was in conversations with friends. Uh, and Loki. The uh, oh, right. Series, she was, which also I did watch, but I'm beginning to get Loki. <laughs> uh huh. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That adds up. That all adds up. Um. And yeah, I like something else that that we watched that I, uh,
0: um, I don't know. We're going to figure this out sooner, sooner or later while we're doing it. Yeah. Oh, Utopia. That's what it was. She
1: was a uh, Utopia. Yeah. Anyway, she's someone. Uh, she is someone who's been around in some things.
0: Uh, yeah. Very good at this. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, and Do you I recognize um, the the Annabelle, the like the the hot girlfriend uh,
1: character. Um, um, from she was in Mayor of Kingstown. I did not because I as, don't as know that a I. I don't know that I ever finished Mayor of Kingstown. Um, so yeah, I did not recognize her. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, there is a more intriguing mystery at the heart of this the crowded room and i i really enjoy like unlike anyone or at least unlike the weekend like i just really enjoy tom holland's presence on screen um i think he's really good and i i think he's capable of carrying a show like this
0: yeah i i
1: and i'm not saying the crowded room is like a five-star show but it's pretty good and I think he, he is carrying it.
0: He's like um you know, he's just doing the I'm just a regular confused teenager. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's not playing someone who seems special. Yeah. But I think yeah. he's holding it a lot together with his interior, if that makes sense.
1: That makes a lot of sense, and I agree. Um and
0: uh, you know there are sort of moments where he he kind of comes out of his shell that I think are are also interesting as as a character. Yeah, I mean I watched I don't know about you I watched all the the three episodes that were
1: available. Yep, me too. Uh, and I
0: and like I said I found it fairly gripping. There's a they drop a little bit of enough of a like uh, sort of breadcrumb at the end of each episode to kind of <laughs> to kind of support a, a a binge model there. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yep. And I think that that's. You know, like I said, I think a lot of that maybe starts with the writing, and that you've got uh, a, a Kiva Goldsman here, who's uh, uh, you know rather you decorated. Know. Yeah. So, uh, and and obviously a pretty pretty strong cast uh, uh, to work with all the way through. So, uh, did so you know I gonna complete? I, yeah, I feel like Apple's been on a roll, man. You totally
1: know? agree, and I don't think this even is as good as some of the other things we've talked about from Apple recently, but it is. It's more to me, this is more in the, like, silo range of, like, this is a good show. It's a good show. It's pretty serious. I'm not going to say it's the best, but it it keeps me interested, and, and I think there's a there's a worthwhile story to be told here. Did you know that uh, his pot-dealing friend is uh, Ethan and Uma's kid? Oh, no. No, but that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Much like Maya Hawk, the, his, his sister, he really, when you know... You like can't unsee the weird combination <laughs> of Uma and and Ethan's features. Yeah, I can get that. I can get that, Mister Mister Ma- Mr. Magic Man. Yeah, <laughs> the Magic Man. <laughs> is that
0: your card? No,
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> That's the other thing. Like for a pretty serious show, there are some really funny moments in this.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: No. Um, but it does. It
0: is pretty dark. <laughs> it is dark.
1: Yes, it is dark, and and like it feels like it's going to get darker. Like, I, th- that's the other thing, and like we kind of said this already, but like I'm sincerely interested in like what the hell happened here. Um, and part of me thinks it's that Tom Holland is a psychopath, and part of me thinks that it's that he's like a nice kid that got caught up in some stuff, and that sort of duality is keeping me very interested.
0: Yeah, I think I have a, a bit of an idea what's what's happening
1: here. All right. Well, don't ruin it.
0: But I yeah, I, was, I was, yeah, I'm not going I'm not going to share share the theory in case I'm right in a up for you.
1: I appreciate that. <laughs> You're a true friend.
0: Okay. Well, we'll see if I'm right later. We'll have to compare notes at the end of this.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: I don't I don't know. I, or
1: you could like you put your
0: headphones down and I and I could tell the audience.
1: <laughs> we, I mean, I, gonna, I could I could do that. I am going to I here, ready? I'm going to take my headphones off. And count to fifteen now. Okay, so
0: I think it's like a, a multiple personality disorder thing. Like he's like schizophrenic, and so this guy's dissociating and doing stuff, and that's that's where the crimes coming. That's my theory. Okay, I'm good.
1: Okay, I'm back. All right, we did it. That's incredible. I'm definitely never gonna go listen back to that. So uh, it's probably not for me. But but may- but the audience will know whether you got it right or not.
0: Okay, we're going to see.
1: <laughs> well, and now also, like, I'll trust you when you tell me if you got it right or not, because we have you on record.
0: Right, yeah, because now I'm committed to tape. I wish we had some, like, you going in the other room music. We're going to play it underneath, <laughs> underneath
1: that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I could always add it in post, you know.
0: Yeah, but then you're going to hear it. So oh, no. good point.
1: No, I can't yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah you can't add it in post, no. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, we want to switch gears to flaming Hot? I do. Um, Did you investigate the real-life details of this at all before or after watching it? No. uh, You know, um,
0: I felt sated by the the postscript of the show. You know what I mean? All right. Um, To the point where um, I was good. And I would also say, this maybe sounds like more of a knock on the movie than it is. I, I wondered often through watching this how realistically this was being portrayed, and I didn't right. want to find out that it was not.
1: You know what I mean? Um, I would say the same, although I couldn't help myself, uh, and I would, I would actually say that that's a credit to the movie because it's a delight. Like, this was just a fun time and a story that is pretty inspiring, and whatever else may be true... It is absolutely true that Richard Montanez was a janitor at Frito Lay who eventually became a ginormous executive and now is like a retired except for doing famous expensive public speaking gigs. So, like, that kind of that part being absolutely true was absolutely. kind of enough for me, right? Yeah. And yeah. like the fact that they you know, that he in his own life and also the movie may have pushed some factual boundaries in other areas. It doesn't bother me at all because it, this was just like a fun, funny, enjoyable time about a guy who made something of his life in an improbable way. And I, that, again, it was enough for me.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would definitely say it was enough for me. Um, in, you know, um, in the way that it's a, it is a good time. Um, it's, it's told with this like sort of warmth and humor, you know, it really is a lot about family, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, people who just want to make a decent life for the people that they love, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's like, it's a very American story in that way. And you know the the, totally. the book right is called it's like subtitled a boy a burrito and a cookie right so uh, you know there's certain beats in that story right that that sort of correspond to that so I'm assuming that those those parts were you know kind of very much represented you know yeah anyway, uh, yeah like I, I don't know um, I don't know much about the guy who played Richard montañez Jesse Garcia
1: yeah I don't uh, recall ever seeing him but I thought he was excellent me too. Me too,
0: um, and like just kind of makes you, um, you know, you are going on the whole ride with them, and you are, and you're, you know, you are really rooting for that guy.
1: Um, totally, and and by the way, another part that is definitely one hundred percent true is that, like, he met his future wife, and still to this day, wife in, you know, the beginning of elementary school with a burrito. Like, I don't know the, it is a very charming tale. And I thought it was done, kind of perfectly, just in terms of like, it it did not have ambition beyond its ability, and it executed what it what it seemed to want at a really high level.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. I would I would definitely agree with that. Um, you know, and filled out. You know, with you know, nice to see people like Dennis Haysbert. Yeah. You know, and Matt Walsh and Tony Shalhoub. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, at at times playing the heavy, (laughs) yeah. You know, but uh, I I did think that, uh, yeah. It just—I don't know—made me laugh. It made me smile. And now, like, I'm not a person that that personally enjoys the taste of flaming hot Cheeto. Like, Mm -hmm. I like. For me, like all all hot is like I'm just it's all just all ow, that hot, you know what I mean? Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, but that I thought was done really well too. The like concept of no, it's good hot, like <laughs> yeah. it obviously works for a lot of the world, right? So, right. And um, having that kid, like the kid is is fantastic. he's great. Yep. He's, he's, yeah, he's great, and like
0: um, you know, just watching him taste tested, yeah, it's <laughs> great. Um, but now, you know, like every time I look around and see someone ordering a bag of flavor, you know, grabbing a bag of flavor on Cheetahs, like I'm, I'm thinking about that guy. You know? Yeah,
1: like, it, totally.
0: Like he really did like leave a little mark
1: on the culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, again, whatever may or may not be true of his inventing the formula for the flavor, like it is true that he went after, you know, working his way up from the janitorial staff, his Biggest contribution to the company Frito Lay was basically teaching them how to market to uh, the Latino community, which is meaningful, like truly meaningful in the world.
0: Yeah. You don't see much of that. I kind of wouldn't have mind seeing a little bit of that in the movie because basically, right you know when they're when they get desperate they market it like like uh you know like it's coke
1: guerrilla street marketing yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so um i would like to see how they you know expanded it beyond that footprint of southern california there's
1: probably like a good documentary of you know after the invention of flamin hot cheetos what um richard montañez did to like expand their marketing efforts and and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I did think it was very interesting to watch this too, just so close to air. You know, yeah, do think similar kind of uh, kind of movies, and I think this one just had a little uh, less pretension, which maybe I'm not, you know, pretension is the wrong word, maybe because I don't I don't mean that to slag on air, which I loved, right? But like, it's it's, it's just aiming for maybe a different uh, different place on the ladder if that makes
1: sense yeah this is definitely more of a like jaunty fun time whereas air is trying to be like a more serious uh you know emotional film but but they both worked i thought you know and they both worked in the way that they intended to um even if that wasn't the same way
0: yeah yeah i mean i think they're trying to make a family movie
1: here yep and And i I, they did a great job yep Mm -hmm. for sure shout out eva Uh, longoria i believe her directorial debut yeah yeah, uh, it seemed it
0: seemed like a, a a project that that was very her too.
1: Yes, so. totally, totally.
0: Um, all right, so we've got uh, well, we got based on a true story left, right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: I um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna if I'm gonna stay stay with this one or not.
1: Um, I. Where are you? I am overcome. By, like, actorly affection for both of the leads. So I am quite certain <laughs> I that I will finish this. I just find... I mean, we've talked about Kaylee Cuoco's sort of second act, which I think is has been spectacular pretty much across the board. Um, just stuff that we n- n- probably never would have... This is a little more something you might have imagined after the Big Bang Theory, but it's still, like, a much bigger job than she ever had on a network sitcom and i think her screen presence is spectacular and her ability to play like the frantic moments of whatever it is and this character is very different than her flight attendant character but she really nails those like nervy frantic parts of both both projects and we talked about chris messina when we watched air but i think these two things are a perfect example of like in air he's the bombastic david falk you know making deals telling people to fuck themselves and whatnot and in this he's like a guy that's kind of past his prime and and trying to figure life out and really a totally different character both emotionally and just like philosophically and i think he's excellent just excellent it's really a moment for chris messina right now
0: yeah i mean they're extremely different roles and he uh Pulls them off both uh, flawlessly, I think, you know? Um, yeah. Now, I can see
1: all of that story, being... The story is where I'm maybe yes. having a little more trouble. And I, I that's fair. Um, it's exceedingly ridiculous, uh, the thing that, that they are trying to get us to follow here. The story is quite over the top um, and quite literally an impossible thing Never, uh, beyond its, like, pure unlikelihood as just a, you know, the logistics, um, the, the actual practicality of doing what they're doing is insane and could never happen in real life. But um, it is kind of the, like, logical terminus of our society's obsession with uh, murder podcasts, in a way. <laughs> so it's, like, over Are the you- top. Next question is, are you a murder podcast person? Absolutely not. And I feel like my visceral response to the cultural obsession with murder podcasts is kind of the perspective that this series is coming from. So that kind of speaks to me as well. Yes. Yeah, because I, I mean, here's. Not, the, I would not call myself go
0: ahead. a murder podcast person, but I do. I can get sucked into a good crime tale for sure. And like I mean you you like serial and all that, right? I'm assuming, right?
1: Never listen to serial. I yes. never listened to the it. first season. The, not, you know,
0: the classic serial.
1: Not one episode of serial have I listened to in my entire wow. life. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm See, pretty we, much I'm, know, like, I'm more or less so a a hard out on um true crime. Like I, I've seen a couple documentaries. I did watch, I did watch the TV series about Adnan um whatever his name is, the serial guy. We watched that. Oh
0: you did? But you, oh, we did it, we did it on the show, but you didn't listen to serial. I, no, I guess, I guess I knew this.
1: Yeah, I'm not into it. I don't find anything appealing about like I would rather watch or listen to a fake murder mystery than a real one. I get it. People are mm-hmm. terrible and they kill each other, but like the details of the real stuff doesn't appeal to me as much as like an artistically told version of that. I'd rather watch True Detective than listen to, you know, so serial.
0: Like so, even when you have a story, I mean, I think that's the genius of, of that first season of Serial. Is is it's like. You go back and forth three or four times over the central question of, like, did this guy do
1: it? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, but to me, that's just upsetting. You, you can lay in either, either place. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I just find that whole thing upsetting. Like, I would just, I'd rather someone just told me what happened. Like, when it's a real thing, when people really died, like, I don't find any enjoyment. Well,
0: we don't know what
1: happened, ultimately, right? So that's the thing. It's well, like, we know that's... someone's dead. We know someone's dead. Yes, yeah, so we don't. We but we still don't know if Adnan Sayed did it. Right, but and I know. But that's that's what gets to me. Like the the joy of serial, from my perspective, appears to be in the in the unknowing of the really only two possibilities, which are this guy is a terrible murderer who's fooled a lot of people, or. This guy has been terribly treated and thrown in jail for a crime he did not commit. And both yeah. of those possibilities reflect how terrible America and the world is. And I don't need true stories to tell me that. I'm well aware of it. Um, yeah, so, like, I
0: wouldn't say serious about how terrible America is. You know what I mean? It's, it's really, it's, it's about... The, it's about a mystery.
1: Like, yeah. I would rather yeah. read Agatha Christie you know <laughs>
0: yeah
1: all right fair enough fair i enough. just yeah. i'd rather have fun with a fake murder than like be baffled by a real murder and uh, again i recognize that's just me and i'm very much in the minority in american society because true crime and murder stuff is all the rage my wife loves that shit but
0: right we watched like the Pat we watched the patton Oswalt thing about his,
1: about his wife right yeah but that to me was a more uh, but that was a more interesting documentary that by the way Ended with the guy getting caught You know so like The open ended Well
0: well, that's how a lot of these things end like they're not all Serial you know what I mean serial is just about Uh an interesting You know and that season of serial Was obviously about an interesting case that they kind of Remained unresolved like so obviously A lot of these murder podcasts are about cases that you know the ending is known or they're about serial killers and how they were caught or you know what i mean
1: right it just uh, doesn't interest me and frankly like it, of it. You even know I mean? yeah but even watching the patent thing what was what was interesting to me was more michelle mcnamara than the golden state killer so it's just not my shit um yes. but yes. all of that said I do think that like this is rife for satire. I mean, look, only murders is satire of this same genre right and sure. and this is a different kind of satire in that it sort of pushes the murder obsession to its uh, uh, you know philosophically logical if not logistically logical conclusion, which is if everyone loves murder so much, like why let's just do a podcast with an active serial killer um right.
0: and we don't we don't know where this is going, obviously, but it seems insanely implausible that they could actually put out a podcast with an active serial killer without right, like especially one that is like active active. Yeah like, murders like right now active and that people are looking for in
1: like a citywide manhunt, right? Like there's how would you pull that off? It's insane. It's insane, but but again, that's why that to me, I'm enjoying the satire, and more than anything, I am enjoying Kaylee Cuoco and Chris Messina, who I think are both excellent.
0: Yeah, I, that's the thing is I don't know. So I'm I, I wouldn't disagree with you on on I'm enjoying the two lead actors. Yeah, I, I'm getting a little lost at the like you couldn't possibly do this. There's, there's no way this would work.
1: What do you they mean? He we, has a private we, server in Russia or whatever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like there's just they they already know where you live, you know what I'm saying? Like it's not I what are we doing here? Like Right,
1: like the cops are already talking to you and you're going to do an anonymous. Yeah, it's silly, but but again, to me like it's satire and I'm enjoying myself. Okay. Yeah, you you may be enjoying
0: yourself a little
1: more than that, I am. I guess. think I am. I think I am. But I, I feel like that's pretty normal. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: yeah. That's that not be outside be the ordinary... Uh, we were, ordinary... If we
0: were listening to crime podcast, then, then it wouldn't be. Right? It'd be the, be the reverse, right? More than you. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. So. But that's really know.
1: not what we do here.
0: <laughs> maybe, we, maybe we should start a spit up podcast. Oh, where we God.
1: That's the deal of a bad time. <laughs> we might have to, <laughs> might have to punt that to a different co-host. <laughs> my wife might do it with you. She's not yeah. big on podcasts, but she loves murder.
0: Your wife and my sister, who loves murder podcasts, could do a podcast together. Ooh, that would be maybe, interesting. Let's the pair them.
1: Yeah, like I, I, I like come into uh, where my wife is watching TV, and she's inevitably either watching British crime dramas or uh, real, real crime stuff. Yeah, that's dark. Yeah,
0: a lot, a lot of uh, ID network in your house.
1: Probably just that it's our our life is so positive and and sunny and bright all the time. She just needs a counterbalance, would be my assumption. Yeah, <laughs> a date line to date yeah. it's oh, just wow. she's having so much fun <laughs> and is so happy with me. She needs to get in some darkness from the TV,
0: or she's plotting your murder.
1: Yeah, she's one of it. the two could be either. <laughs> I choose to look at the bright side. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> Although I gotta say, like, if she's plotting my murder, she should stop watching the British ones that take place in like World War II Yeah,
0: yeah, no, That's I'm not going to get I'm any good clues there. You, you know. Um, all right, let's uh, let's do some homework. We're, we are not doing a show next week, correct?
1: So, yeah. Do we want to do anything about the NBA champion Denver Nuggets? I, I have one thing I want to mention. Sure. I feel like I mean I feel like
0: we covered it pretty well, but go, yeah. go for
1: it. Well, we had not seen the terminus uh, last we spoke of the finals. We both, I think, had an idea that it would end in five games. Um, but did you happen to catch all the fun Nikola Jokic stuff that happened after the game? I mean, him just kind of being like, I want to go home. <laughs> That was one of my <laughs> favorites when a reporter asked him, like, you know, you've talked about, the, you know, the finals not being exciting necessarily because you're you're about your business or whatever. But now that you've won, are you excited for the parade? And he turns to like the PR person off camera and is like, When is parade? when, when is parade? And. The reporter says, it's Thursday, and he's like, Th- Thursday? Oh, no, I got to go home.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but did you see him at the parade?
1: Yes, at the parade, he said, I know I said I didn't want to stay for the parade, but I want to stay for the fucking parade. This is great. <laughs> um, and then they all flew to Vegas and, like, partied uh, all night long. So I think he had a good time. But the other one after the game that I thought was just priceless was – He's sitting at the podium, and someone is like, hey, did Novak Djokovic, uh, your fellow Serbian buddy, send you a congratulations text? And he was like, oh, you want to see? I'll pull out my phone right now. And he starts like looking at his phone, and he's like, "I, oh, oh no, I have way too many texts. I'm turning my phone off. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very relatable moment. And just in general, like in my life as a basketball fan, Steph Curry and Nikola Jokic to me stand a, a head above everybody for just like, as NBA superstars go, being relatable and delightful human beings. And that's a dangerous yeah. thing to say. We don't know the, these guys. Like, uh, you know, hopefully I don't have to eat my words about that on either of them. But like, in terms of what we see, the level of like humility and enjoyment and like normal dudeishness that both Jokic and and staff bring to the table is is pretty unprecedented. I think.
0: I'm gonna throw Giannis into that mix. I think Giannis is in that
1: same group. Mm, yeah, yeah, but I think he's a little. I do think he's got a little harder edge that he that he takes great pains to keep out of his public image. Um, Maybe.
0: I mean, at least the people I know who uh, who have spent time around him. Um, and I do know
1: a few. Who, uh, yeah. Um,
0: everyone speaks really highly of him.
1: Yeah, and he, listen.
0: He's, I, he's super nice. This <laughs> is... Yeah.
1: Totally. And, and this is really not to denigrate anyone else. Like, there are a ton of great NBA superstars now and historically in terms of the way they carry themselves. But... There is just something about Stefan Jokic that is so effing lovable, and that that makes them feel so much more like regular dudes than NBA superstars have ever been. That I, uh, I just I love watching Jokic do everything. I love watching him play basketball. He does things at a level I've never seen someone do, and I love. His off-court stuff because it's just hilarious and he is he is both humble and also unapologetically himself and and that is a very difficult thing to do when you are that big of a star
0: yeah um you know uh i listened to the uh, uh simmons with doc rivers uh podcast this week um which w- was one of the better simmons podcasts in a long time
1: oh okay uh-huh. i gotta check that out i didn't know uh-huh. they were on speaking terms
0: yeah, no, no, they're, I think they're pretty okay now, um, and, uh, I mean, Doc, you know, Doc's going to do some, you know, he's already said he's not coaching this year, he's going to do some media, and he's going to be great, I, you know, I kind of had forgotten how good Doc Rivers can be on television.
1: He was great, I mean, that was his first post-NBA career, and he was great at it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, um, yeah, and I think it's one of the reasons why the media was spoke highly of him as a coach, too, um, but like listening to him just just talk about this year and talk about Jokic and 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 gush praise for Jokic. It was uh was really interesting, obviously, in light of of the MVP debate this year. And um you know, he talked about that too, and kind of how uh you know, looking back on that, like he did he didn't love the way that went, even kinda of talking about it, he's like, Yeah, I know I said that thing in the end about how it was over and um you know, I, I I think in retrospect you could see you can see the appreciation he had for Jokic, and his game and how hard it was to play. And it was just a lot of a lot of really interesting, candid stuff in there uh, about him and and his career. He's definitely aware of all the things, that, you know what I mean, that, <laughs> that people talk
1: about. I and, actually think that's been one of the biggest detriments to his career. Is like he's way too tuned in. Yeah. Um. Yeah, maybe as a coach i think as a media person that helps <laughs> so welcome back <laughs> doc it's good to have yeah, you on this sure. side <laughs> um so yeah um
0: uh yeah i would definitely recommend the conversation i was uh, okay not an episode i was expecting to enjoy and i really really can't wait uh awesome.
1: so. i'm gonna check that out and i would also add to all of this that like the denver nuggets are not going anywhere this is a team that's going to have a chance to win a title for uh, the foreseeable future.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I think they're going to lose Brown in the offseason.
1: Sure. Look, they're going to uh, have to, I mean, look, every team has to do things in the offseason to keep them in contention or put them in contention. But fundamentally, when they have Jokic and Murray and Porter, and and if, if they can bring Aaron Gordon back on a, on a long-term deal like they are really well set with a championship level core.
0: Yeah, and I really like I I like the
1: future of, of Christian Braun. Sure. Yeah, he's he uh, he did some things. He's a hell of an athlete.
0: Yeah. Um. And so I think you know I think he's gonna I think he's gonna get better. And I do think that you are now going to find guys who are going to be willing to play for the Denver Nuggets for cheaper because they're just going to want to play with Jokic.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, realize,
0: like this guy's going to make me better. And give me a shot of the ring.
1: Um, and know, it's I the sort of, it is the place where people will take that one year, you know, guys who think they're better than the market thinks they are, right? You know, I'm I'm, I'm getting offers of three years and $23 million. I think I deserve 40 over three years. I'm going to go to Denver for a season at $5 million and Nikola Jokic is going to make me look good.
0: Yep. I mean, so look, he's, you know, Bruce Brown's going to make a lot of money. Yep. <laughs> well yeah. deserved, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. And and he should. So, uh, did you, by the way, did you see the KCP Stone Cold stuff at the parade, too? That was pretty great.
1: Yep. and And that's another guy who was a critical piece of a title team. And you could see his real value to winning basketball on the court all the time. The way he played defense in the finals was awesome. I mean, it seemed like he got his hands on a ball on almost every possession.
0: Yeah, yeah, that team was bought in. Good for Denver. They were really fun to watch all year, and uh, you know, you can't say they didn't deserve it.
1: They absolutely deserved it. Yeah.
0: All right. So homework. So (laughs) as I was saying before, we're gone. We're gone next week.
1: Um, I'll be uh, on the road somewhere, in all likelihood, between the Bay Area and Chicagoland. Hopefully, with all of my stuff in a truck. Although we'll see.
0: yeah, good luck. With mm.
1: of that. Thank you. I need um, it.
0: We got Black Mirror on Netflix. By the way, uh Netflix finally caught up to me with the password thing. So <laughs> Nice. My <laughs> my Netflix situation soon. Um so I don't know. If, I don't know if that's happened to anyone else out there in the audience recently. Um the uh the we're gonna watch Black Mirror new season. The Bear uh also has a new season. Um our man Boots Riley has a show called "I'm a Virgo." Do you know anything about this show? That is, I that do. Is the subtotal of what I know so far. So,
1: I believe I've mentioned it to you um, in the past. It it premiered at uh, South by Southwest in like March or something. Um, so I've known it, and I knew about it before that because I love Boots Riley and follow him on social media. It is about a 13 foot tall young black man growing up in Oakland, California. All right. I knew it was gonna be kinda weird. Yep. <laughs> it 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 fits it right into the, the boots catalog. As it turns out. Cootie. Cootie? yeah. Yeah.
0: Um and then uh uh we're gonna watch a show called Hijack. Hijack is on Apple Plus, right?
1: What's I believe Idris so. On? Yep. Uh, um and it's uh I mean, yeah, it's Idris Elba hijack. on a plane. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah Elba's on That's a plane. Hijack.
1: Yeah, yep. there you go. <laughs> sort of all right there so in the title giant, this motherfucking <laughs> <album is motherfucking laughs> yeah exactly
0: yeah okay uh all right man i will
1: talk to you in two weeks that's it all right bye this games in the admiral refrigerator the door is closed the lights out butter's getting hard the eggs are cooling and the jello is jiggling.
0: Come so along, everybody and do me a favor have yourself a tremendous evening